Welcome to Supply Chain Radio. My name is Greg Kiefer. Today, John Urban joins me at the studio. John, thanks for coming by. Greg, it's a pleasure to be here with you. So today, John, I think we've talked about this probably three or four times before, but I was in the news the other day reading Economy Watch and found out that another supply chain disruption had once again impacted a very large company. In this case, a steel furnace exploded in eastern Japan. And it just so happened that that steel furnace made a very special metal alloy that went into the transmissions and engine blocks of Toyotas. And so the impact to Toyota was they actually had to shut down 16 of their assembly lines for a week, which essentially means that they're going to make 30,000 fewer vehicles in 2016 than they thought. And I guess my question to you is, this happens all the time. When are these guys going to figure it out that they've got to do something differently? Yeah, you're absolutely right, Greg. I mean, supply chain disruptions are frequent. They're unpredictable. They come in many times the worst case possible. In this particular case, clearly, it sounds like there might have been the risk of some injuries there, and that's a terrible thing. We really wish all those people the best. But what we're really talking about here is the disruption. And the fact is not all disruptions are that devastating. They can happen in other ways. They can happen with storms and, and snowfalls. For a wide variety of reasons, they can occur, and they always do. The example that you give is a great one, though, because how does a company possibly respond to that? Well, there's no way they could predict it was going to happen and thus plan for it. So they need to be in a position where they've got terrific visibility on everything across their entire system so they can understand where all of their critical parts are, so that they can reconfigure the most optimized distribution pattern to feed their plants so that they can minimize their losses and the costs and maximize their revenue. And without that investment in sophisticated, cloud-based, agile technology that allows you to truly capture end-to-end visibility throughout your supply chain, you're just laying open to be a victim and you're trying your best to respond as opposed to truly plan. Right. And what I found interesting about this particular incident was it was Toyota, right? Which is, you know, one of the case studies that's held up as the example of how to run lean operational excellence supply chains, right? And, you know, of course, when you go lean, you do have to remove a lot of that, what we call safety stock, right, to pad against these disruptions. And you touched on this a second ago, but you talk about visibility being key in cloud. And of course, Toyota, you know, really cut their teeth before the advent of cloud. So they've got, I'm sure, a bunch of wonderful systems, but probably older technology. I mean, what's different about cloud than, say, a system that was installed in Toyota in 1989. Cloud technology is really about the ability to connect to partners and to get real data from across your entire network of connected partners, as opposed to traditional legacy systems that are closed, that are sucked in behind the firewall, that need to be manually updated, and therefore always have timeliness and data quality issues around them. The systems that you talk about are what we call enterprise software, right? And while those systems are still prevalent, what you're talking about is really the activities and information that are outside of the four walls of a company. So in the case of this steel furnace, that was a steel company. (laughs) I forget the name. It began with the letter A, but it's not a Toyota company, right? So what you're saying is that the ability to connect to companies like that and others like it makes the ability to adjust, respond easier than, say, it was 30 years ago. Absolutely. I mean, Toyota is big and as integrated as they are, still works with networks of thousands of suppliers and transportation and logistics partners around the world. And all of them have key information around their supply chain that need to be available in real time. 
And the only way to do that is to drive that into a cloud-based system that replicates the physical supply chain in the cloud. Right. And it's funny because, you know, we're sitting here talking about cloud, which is kind of old news. Here we are in 2016, and cloud has been around mature for almost a decade now. But when you talk about networks, you know, that takes it a step further, right? It's networks in the cloud versus just software in the cloud. You're absolutely right. I mean, cloud has been around for 10 years, and thank God we're beyond the days when CIOs would say, geez, it has to be behind my firewall, and people are beginning to recognize that systems in the cloud are, frankly, more easy to secure, more easy to, to manage, and lower cost. But it really does go a step beyond that lower cost model of computing, and it really becomes how do I connect with thousands of partners around the world easily, efficiently, and then manage that connectivity so that I know that the data quality in it is correct when I see it, and it's the same data that my partners are seeing. Right, and there's probably this dimension of what it takes to connect a partner to a cloud-based network versus a what we'll call a legacy network. It's a much quicker, easier proposition than, say, wiring up to uh, ERP systems. We've both been around technology for a long time, and it's a long time since we heard the words that, geez, we, we try to integrate our ERP to our vendor system and we failed. I mean, that's just not in the cards today. I mean, the fact is you're not integrating legacy systems and and enterprise systems to your partners anymore. You're integrating with modern cloud-based systems that are built for that networking capability. Kind of network thinking outside in versus inside out. Absolutely. Right. There's probably an event going on somewhere right now that's not as high profile as this, right? There's a a storm brewing, as you said, or a, a strike being done that's wreaking havoc on somebody's supply chain. And... Based on what we're still seeing, there's a research study that we're just putting the finishing touches on. It shows that companies are expecting more and more disruptions all the time as they go global, but it just doesn't seem like most companies are getting to where they need to be technologically quick enough to deal with the risk that they're facing. That's right. The bar is being raised and people are being asked to respond bigger, better, and faster than they've ever done before. The other kind of disruptions that we see every day are disruptions that cause changes in demand that cause a spike in demand, that cause a reduction in demand. And if you're really going to try to run a lean supply chain, you've got to be just as responsive to that as the plant that goes down in eastern uh, Japan. Because if you don't, somebody else will, right? And that might very well be your big competitor in that region. The watchword for the next 20 years is that supply chain is the competitive differentiator. It's the thing that decides customer successes and their failures. We'll keep a watch out. I'm sure that we'll be back on the show in the future talking about something else big that happened. But... Until then, John, thanks for coming by. Greg, it's been a real pleasure. Take care. This is Greg Kiefer. We are signing off from Supply Chain Radio. 